you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change <laughs> projects and programs in your company. to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Well, hello, and welcome to episode 150 of the Retail Transformation Show. We've got some new intro music. I'd love to know what you think. Bit of a new, fresh vibe for the show as we pass the next major milestone. And first up, I'd like to really thank you for continuing to tune in and continuing to provide your feedback. It's absolutely fantastic to be joining you every single week for some you and me time as we discuss the amazing world of retail and, of course, be joined by a huge selection of world-class, amazing people that join the show to help give us insight and ideas and inspiration. So thank you for tuning in and thank you for your support. Please do, of course, keep it up and continue to share the podcast with your colleagues, with your contacts, and we'll keep the conversation going. Retail has changed as a direct result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Maybe you're sitting there nodding your head in agreement. Or maybe you're slightly furrowing your brow, thinking, has it really? We still have e-commerce and stores. We're still talking about omnichannel. Sustainability is still on the agenda. Experiential retail is still there. We're still talking about customer experience. Equally, profit and performance hasn't gone away. So has it really changed? Well, it's a really interesting question. It's a yes and a no from me. I think at a macro level, no, it's still very much broadly the same. And those points I just raised are the evidence for that answer. But at a micro level, yes, there have been many changes to the retail industry. Too many to talk about today, but we're going to absolutely have a go at it for sure. <laughs> when we're thinking about the impact that COVID-19 has had on the retail industry, I do look back to February 2020, so before COVID really kicked off, and one analyst's opinion in particular, who shall remain nameless, because this one analyst claimed that COVID would have a major impact on the retail industry. And they claimed that that impact could be as much as 10% in the luxury sector, driven by fewer Chinese tourists to the West. Well, I think we all know that the impact from COVID has been slightly more substantial than that. And it's also worthwhile remembering that we're still actually in the midst of the pandemic. So it's a moving and changing beast, which in many ways fits our ever-evolving world of retail that is flexible, that is agile, that does continue to roll with the punches and present us with lots of new challenges and opportunities. Way back in episode 74, which was in mid-March 2020, I took a look at 
the impact that COVID-19 would have on retail, really as it was all kicking off. So do go and take a listen, episode 74, and think, how did I do? Not too badly from my perspective when I listened back. Pretty much there. There's a couple of things that haven't played out quite as I thought they would. But there we go. Do take a listen. Let me know what you think. But I thought it was about time that we took another look at the ever-evolving and ever-changing world of retail. The show notes for today are at obandco.uk slash 150. That's obandco.uk slash 150. And there are lots of references today to other episodes of the Retail Transformation Show. Other brilliant episodes, in fact. And actually, only a subsection of the brilliant episodes that we've had as part of this podcast. So if you have not tuned into some of these episodes, do go back and explore the archive. There are loads of other episodes to go and listen to. Some fantastic insights, ideas and inspiration. And of course, and of course, a liberal sprinkling of golden nuggets throughout. So the first point I wanted to talk about today is that of payment types, and in particular, the decline of cash. Now, this in many ways is not new news. Cash has been declining for a long time. And this is a good example of has retail actually changed? Yes and no. If we rewind to 2015, data from UK Finance says that 45% of all transactions were made with cash, which reduced down to 17% come 2020. And actually, as we start to look forward, a different data set, so we'll reset the, uh, reset the points, WorldPay have released their latest global payments report, which showed that 13% of in-store transactions were made with cash in 2020. And this is going to continue to decline with a forecast of cash transactions representing only 7% of in-store purchases come 2024. And this WorldPay report also revealed the same trend is happening internationally. And countries like Sweden and Canada and Australia are actually more advanced already than the UK in the drive to cashless, with cash payments representing under 10% of in-store transactions. And actually, by 2024, countries like Sweden are predicted to be as low as 0.4%. So how long will we be dealing with cash? Now, this absolutely was happening before the pandemic, but it's a great example of COVID-19 accelerating the existing trends. Another trend that has been accelerated is, of course, the shift to e-commerce. More and more people have used internet shopping for the first time. And I'm sure you can remember all those charts which saw the sudden hockey stick kick up in e-commerce as a percent of total retail sales. Now, the first health warning, no pun intended, is that when you're looking at e-commerce as a percent of total retail sales, very, very few retailers play within the total retail sales market, right? Certain categories respond very differently to e-commerce. Grocery is notably slow and still works on a store model, whereas other categories have really surged ahead, as you already know. But do remember this when you are looking at those trends 
And just take it with a pinch of salt because no one retailer is playing across the whole market, even the massive retailers like your Walmarts and your Amazons and so on. Now, since the world has reopened from the pandemic, there has been a bounce back for stores and that e-commerce usage has declined, which, of course, when stores have been closed and then reopened, you would expect their ratio to be slightly higher, right? As a category, grocery has surprised me probably most because the shift to online shopping in the grocery sector hasn't been as permanent as I thought it was going to be at the beginning of the pandemic. But once again, I would encourage you to not draw any conclusions just yet because we haven't normalised. This pandemic is still going on. Consumers are still working out what is happening. We're still seeing the return to normal life, albeit with lots of tentativeness as aspects like the Delta variant continue to add an element of threat to that return to normal, in air quotes. (laughs) But one thing is for sure, e-commerce will continue to grow and we'll see that step up thanks to the pandemic. Stores are still playing an active role in the retail sector. And this, I think, is most notable from Amazon's rumoured move into physical department stores. It will be interesting to see how that shifts. One shift really accelerated here by the pandemic is raising the question about the role of the store. It is changing. It is different. No longer are physical stores just places to browse and buy. but Again, massive pinch of salt. (laughs) You have to look at the category and the niche. Certain markets like discounters in particular are going to stay strong in store because that's the business model. So whatever your category, whatever your niche, recognize that you must consider what the role of the store is within your wider ecosystem. As I mentioned, it's probably not just about browsing and buying. In fact, it might not even be the best place for browsing and buying anyway. And that's kind of the point. You must focus on what your stores are best at and equally focus on what e-commerce is best at too. When you try and stray into the other area, that's when we see companies getting unstuck. That's when we see these sort of weird, lumpy customer experiences and challenging results to boot. And this was actually a topic that I explored a lot more in episode 147 and 148, where we looked at transforming discovery in retail, both online and in stores. So do go and take a listen to those two episodes. Now, maybe the role of stores is about inspiration and discovery, or maybe it's about fulfillment or collection, curbside pickup and so on. Or maybe it's about getting advice and expertise. Or perhaps it's about after-sales service and support. Or maybe it's about building a home for the brand and the community and hosting events. Or even stores could be a point of manufacture and product personalization. I'm sure you can understand these are all very different. And depending on which one you pursue, you could end up with radically different stores and store propositions and store operating models. And this really reminds me of a fantastic question, which I spoke with Doug Stevens about. And that question is, if your brand is the answer, what's the question? So do go and check out episode 144, which is called Resurrecting Retail After the Pandemic. 
as we discuss Doug's book entitled Resurrecting Retail. Now, what's really exciting for me in all of this is that stores do have the opportunity to separate themselves, both physical stores and online stores. They have the opportunity to be remarkable. And a hat tip to Steve Dennis there for the eight-part framework that he provided in his book, Remarkable Retail. And of course, Steve was the star of episode 83 and 84 of this podcast. So go and tune into those episodes as well. And as you think about all of these changes in the role of the store, physical or digital, one thing really strikes out to me, and it's about being intentional. You must have a clear direction and you must have non-confusing and non-competing actions that drive you and propel you in that same direction. If you add in confusing and competing actions because you want to be a home for the brand community and you also want to be the best place for after sales service and you also want to have awesome micro-fulfillment hubs in store, and you also want to be the most inspirational store, and you also want to... (laughs) You can't choose everything. And this is exactly where we see brands and retailers struggling because the message becomes confusing. And one thing above all that customers hate is confusion because, let's be honest, retail is not at the heart of their life. Unless they happen to be retail geeks like you and I, shopping is just one of those things you either have to do or you do it as an activity, right? And we must remember that. We must be clear for our customers. And I'll be touching back on this a bit later on. But the big warning shot here that COVID has taught us is about resilience to disruption. And how do you build resilience to disruption? Well, there's lots of different ways. And we've all been talking about agility and so on over the past 18 months now. But really, I would encourage you to play and explore with some of the extreme circumstances to get ready mentally, physically, emotionally, (laughs) and operationally. You know, what if there was a fire in your flagship store or in your warehouse? What if there was a natural disaster that took out your head office? What if there was another pandemic caused by a different virus? What if there was a digital virus, a far-reaching computer virus that really shut down the world? Or maybe an internet brownout? You know, play with some of these uncomfortable and inconvenient scenarios that could very easily happen. And you will begin to test the waters and build resilience. And back in episode 113... We had Dr. Jackie Mulligan on the show. Actually, it was a recorded episode from one of the Retail Transformation Live events last year. And Jackie was talking about disruptive thinking in a volatile world. It's a fantastic session, that one. And I do encourage you to go and take a listen to that episode as well. But in addition to playing with these uncomfortable and inconvenient scenarios, you must also build flexibility and agility. And as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, And actually, I'm reminded here of episode 139 with Simon Heddo, which was an episode called Why We Don't Keep It Simple. And there we had five words for you to go and explore about how you can become more resilient to a volatile world. Taking a slightly different shift now, one of the things that has really interested me is the rise in quick commerce driven by the pandemic. 
in particular in the grocery sector. And I'm thinking about companies that are now offering customers a delivery in 10 minutes from ordering to ringing the doorbell or knocking on the door in just 10 minutes. It's in many ways inconceivable. (laughs) If we just rewind the clock a few years to say here is a 10 minute service that doesn't actually cost the earth. And that's a great example of how retail is changing and has accelerated due to the pandemic. Now, of course, you may be raising profitability questions about some of these quick commerce companies, and you'd be right to do that. But we're still seeing companies like Amazon and Walmart and Tesco and Sainsbury's continue to drive towards faster deliveries. So that is not going away. Whether we end up as a 10-minute society, who knows? Let's wait and see. But as we start to think about more robotic deliveries, more drone deliveries, that rise in quick commerce is undeniable. And I think it will be interesting to see how the startups consolidate and are bought out by one another or purchased, of course, by the big players who haven't got to the same level of speed as some of these startups, but it feels like it's a matter of time. Let's take a slightly different direction now. One of the things that the pandemic has highlighted is just how complex our world is. Retail supply chains in particular have been looked at under the microscope, right back from the toilet roll situation, right at the start of the pandemic, through to the global impact driven by the ever-given container ship becoming blocked, or even the shutdown of the Zhejiang port in China due to a COVID ping. These supply chain issues are widespread and they attract media attention now. And perhaps in the past, we've never really had that. And of course, that comes with everyone being a supply chain expert as well. (laughs) Suddenly overnight, talking about container prices and all that, right? But the supply chain, but retail supply chains are complex. They are interconnected systems. And I loved touching on that in episode 145 called Overcoming Retail's Big Contradictions. Because as we think about retail as a complex system, which I think is a a must for really transforming, we realize the, the vastness of the interconnectedness. And all of this can lead to more fluctuations, but it also can lead to resilience as well. So it's going to be an interesting balance between agility and leanness and cost effectiveness and flexibility, all these different elements as we think about retail as a complex system, much broader than the supply chain, by the way, as well. And that appreciation of the complex system of retail has meant that we've actually had more teamwork, more collaboration. There is a great understanding that things don't just happen. And we've seen more collaboration within companies as well as, importantly, between companies as well. Suddenly we have companies like Coles and Amazon talking and partnering, which just a few years ago would have seemed, again, quite a foreign concept. Those early days of the pandemic where the supply chain, again, were collaborating to make sure that food was getting out, grocery supplies were getting out, medical supplies were getting out, that was almost the foundation of this collaborative spirit. Taking another little pivot in the conversation here, appreciation of mental health has been a huge outcome from the pandemic. We're more aware of looking after ourselves mentally now. We're more aware of looking after our colleagues, our peers, our teams, and those around us as well. 
we're more considerate and aware of the wider life that we each live. But given this focus on mental health, there is still so much more to do on the front lines when it comes to physical health, and in particular, responding to the unacceptable behaviour that takes place from customers and the lack of accountability that some of these aggressive people have, and they do display aggression to retail colleagues unacceptably. But equally, we must think, how do we give support to counter the impact that this has mentally, physically, and emotionally? And actually, in episode 57 and 58, I caught up with Steph Tranter, and we talked about building your emotional resilience. So a fantastic episode there. Now, earlier on, I spoke about the fact that retail is not at the centre of everyone's universe, as shocking as that came to all of us retail geeks. The work from home movement has shifted and it has been, of course, driven by the pandemic. But based on my highly unscientific study of cars on the road in the morning, the work from home revolution is not permanent. The return to offices is happening, but it is slow And there will continue to be an element of work from home. But this does, of course, play into retail because work is an important part of people's lives, whatever job they do. And retail fits in and around it, whether it is the convenience stores that are providing lunch, whether it is the petrol station that people need to fill up on or the travel hubs, or whether it is even workwear or how easy it is to receive an e-commerce delivery. People's lives are fundamentally connected to the ever-evolving world of retail. And there are increasing digital expectations from customers and from colleagues as well, I might add, who are just regular people, right? That have seen this digital shift, this digital transformation. And that's not a term I use very often if you listen to the podcast. And if you're not sure what I'm talking about, then take a listen to episode 44, which was called The Problem with Digital Transformation. But with these digital expectations come new opportunities. In particular, the metaverse continues to be a huge growth opportunity that will directly and indirectly drive retail revenues and retail performance and retail success. And the metaverse presents opportunities to provide products, digital products, provides opportunities to provide new sales channels, and it provides fantastic opportunities as a brand builder and as a relationship builder. And back in episode 128, I caught up with Metaverse expert Kathy Hackle as we talked about AR, VR and retail in the Metaverse. If you have no idea what I'm talking about in Metaverse, got to go and check out episode 128. And then whilst all of this is happening, we're continuing to make progress and focus on sustainability. But arguably, not as much as we need to be making. And this is a topic we'll continue to be talking about both on the podcast and in the wider industry. And in particular, I would point to the sustainability flywheel concept that Carl Boutte talks about in his book, The Great Acceleration, and equally in episode 134 called The Race to Retail Resilience, and how three different important elements can build a flywheel that help drive both your business performance and sustainability as well. 
Now, these are just some of the changes, but I would love to hear from you. What were your biggest changes? You can always email me, oliver.banks at obandco.uk. And I'll put that on the show notes, obandco.uk slash 150. If you can't remember, that's the one place to head over to, of course. And like I say, I'd love to hear what were your biggest changes from the pandemic? But just stepping out of some of these detailed changes, you know, with our transformation hats on, I think we will be reflecting on, thinking about and talking about three different ages, pre-COVID, during COVID and post-COVID. And as we continue to move into and through the post-COVID era, we have to ask ourselves what's going to happen. Do we, as individuals, as companies, and as a society, do we revert to pre-COVID? Do we stay where we are in the during COVID era? Or are we going to continue to transform, taking lessons and fixing what's wrong, and being always hungry to level up to a true post-COVID era? Many changes have been occurring in the retail market, and lots more, as I say, beside the ones we've discussed today. So ultimately, I would suggest to you that the Retail Transformation Show is a great place, no, the great place, to keep track of the changing and ever-evolving world of retail. To help you keep pace with the changes and help you continue to deliver successful transformation, you should definitely subscribe to the Retail Transformation Briefing, my weekly email newsletter that guides you through the changing world of retail and shares key insight and intel to help keep you at the top of your game. You can sign up for free at obandco.uk slash briefing. And one of the questions I quite often get asked is, what do I actually do? So I wanted to give a bit more insight because I work with retailers and those in the retail industry as a consultant and as a coach to define and drive specific transformation projects and programs, and also to refine and raise the capability of change and transformation for you and for your wider team. And I would love to help you and your wider business to successfully navigate into and through the post-COVID era, and by transforming, write the next chapter in your business's history. So reach out and book some time with me and we can explore how we can work together to make that happen. Go to obandco.uk slash book30. That's obandco.uk slash book30, the number 30. And of course, those links you can get at obandco.uk slash 150, which is the show notes for today. If you can't remember anything, that is where you need to head. Now, today we have touched on loads of different episodes, including episode 74, how COVID will change retail, 147 and 148 about transforming discovery in retail, episode 144 with Doug Stevens talking about resurrecting retail after the pandemic. Episode 83 and 84 with Steve Dennis talking about being remarkable in adversity. Episode 113 with Dr. Jackie Mulligan talking about disruptive thinking in a volatile world. Or episode 139 with Simon Hedo as we explore why we don't keep it simple. 
We're episode 145, looking at overcoming retail's big contradictions. Or episode 134, with Carl Boutet and the race to retail resilience. Episode 44, and the problem with digital transformation. Episode 128, with Kathy Hackle as we explore AR, VR and retail in the metaverse. And there are loads of other fantastic episodes in the Retail Transformation Show archives. So do subscribe in your favourite podcast app and make sure you do go and take a scroll back and add to playlist loads of those fantastic episodes. Because I am sure of one thing, one thing in particular. Given these changes, the rate of transformation is not going to be giving up any time soon. We're going to continue to live in a volatile uncertain, complex and ambiguous era, a VUCA era. And to successfully survive through these times, we do need to stay flexible. We do need to change. We do need to transform. And you and I, we are here together. We can partner up and make sure that your retail transformation is a huge success. Thank you so much for listening, both to this episode and the previous 149 episodes. Do stay tuned in and do continue to share this show with your colleagues, your contacts, or on social media. I appreciate you ever so much. Thank you. And catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.